God, I love you this morning. And I am so thankful that you love me. And God, I pray over the next couple of minutes that we would just rest in the fact that you are God and you are capable of all things. God, may you ease our minds. May you ease our hearts. Might we receive you clearly this morning. God, might the words that come out of my mouth not be my own, but yours. God, I want my anxiety and my need to over-communicate and the words that come out of my mouth to be few and your voice to be as loud and clear as it can possibly become. God, my prayer this morning is that we would have ears to listen and hearts that are receptive. God, you are the great I am and we are not. In your name we pray, amen. As I began thinking and studying in preparation for this message, um, I got on the internet like all of us do, and I asked my good friend Google um, different ideas and different thoughts, and, and I came across this web, website called jesusis.org. In fact, it's jesus-is.org, and I want to encourage you to go home this afternoon or this evening and look at that website, jesus-is.org. And on this website, it's a church in Seattle who started a global campaign about a year ago, and uh, their whole idea is they want people to go on this website and write in who Jesus is to them. And uh, so when you get to the website, there's going to be like 15 squares, and every three seconds, these squares turn over with new thoughts. And you can actually add your own right there. You can pick the color of the square that you want, and you can write your text in, and it just thought after thought of who people think Jesus is. And I spent a long time on this website. I, I brought friends in and people that were in my office. I said, check this out. And, and I was really intrigued by it. And the longer I sat and watched this, this website, honestly, the more saddened I became. Um, in this particular website, they don't screen what you say. And so there was images that would come up that would say, Jesus is dead. Jesus is fake. Jesus is a monster. Jesus is a drunk. Jesus is the reason I don't like you. Jesus is nothing but a fairy tale. Jesus doesn't help me. Jesus doesn't help you. And just on and on, these statements began to ring out to me that I began to just hurt. And I began to think in my mind, John, what does Jesus mean to you? And I wasn't asking myself as the guy that was going to go and speak the message. I was talking about just the person who lives his life every day. Really, who is Jesus to me? If I was given the opportunity in the privacy of my own being, and I didn't have to worry about what anybody else thought or, or said about me, I didn't have an image to portray, I just simply was normal John sitting in a chair, who would Jesus be to me? And I began to get really honest with myself, and I began to think the way I live my life and the things I choose to do and the people I choose to hang out with, what does that say to who Jesus is to me? And I want to propose the same question to you. I want to ask you this morning, and probably your statement would not be as harsh or critical as the ones I just said to you, and I would be wrong to let you believe that that's the only thing that was on that site. There was tons of God-fearing, truthful statements from people who have experienced who Jesus is. But the reality is, is, is I want to know who is Jesus in your life? Who is Jesus in our life, moment by moment, day by day, who is Jesus? And that's the question I want to ask you, who is Jesus? And as I watched these statements, it rang into my heart, and I began to understand the reason so many hurtful things are being said about Jesus is because there's a real thing called sin. 
And sin brings on pain. And when pain comes into our life, somehow we think we should take control of it, right? Have you ever had that moment when tough situations happen? Uh, maybe it's a, a bad marriage. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's finances. Tough things come into our world. And all of a sudden, we let that become our focus. We let that become the thing that drives the reality of our life. And, and I wonder this morning when you got out of bed, and, and I try to ask this question every time I get on the stage because I think it's important for us to ask, when you got out of bed and you put your feet on the floor, what was going to drive your motion for the rest of the day? What was going to order your steps for the rest of the day? What was it that got you out of bed and you began to immediately think about and you began to immediately do? Because here's what I believe. Whatever has your attention is leading your life. Whatever has your attention this morning, whatever you're focused on this morning is leading your life. You see, if you woke up this morning and your focus was on your pain, pain will lead your life today. If you woke up this morning and you said, I'm gonna, uh, your focus was, I was fighting with my wife the night before and I'm still angry about that anger will lead your life today. If you woke up this morning and your focus was on the addictions of your life and the things that you just don't know how to say no to and you cannot get out from underneath, that will lead your life today. Because the reality is this, whatever you're focused on, whatever has your attention this morning is leading your life. And, and I want you to think with me for a moment. Don't just get lost in words and, and maybe my emotion. I want you to think with me, what is controlling your life today? What is controlling your life? What is it that's making you move? Is it your pain? Is it your circumstances? Is it your relationships? Is it your successes? What is it in your world that is driving you to move forward? What is it in your world that is, is bringing you to the next place? Because here's what I know. Until we make Jesus the reason that we move, until we make Jesus the thing that we focus on, we will constantly stumble. We will constantly be looking for something more. Why? Because Jesus is all you need in any moment, no matter what the problem is, no matter what the concern is. Jesus is enough. Amen? Amen. What's your focus this morning? As I was thinking through this and, and I was talking to Shane, if you know Shane and I at all, you'll know that wherever Shane is, John is usually, and wherever John is, Shane is. And, and so we spent a lot of time together. We, we've grown over the years to just be great friends. And, and I was bouncing off him ideas of what my message was going to look like. And he said, you know, I, I actually have some of those same thoughts. And, and I was thinking about it. And I've put some words out. And, and he's very musical, if you know Shane. And so very talented. And he said, what if we make a song? And I said, that would be great. And so he started singing and playing for me the song that he had already thought through. And, and I gave him some of my ideas. And we just meant to enjoy talking about who Jesus is in our life. And uh, he came up with what I believe to be one of the best songs I've ever heard. And it's not because we're friends. It's because it speaks truth. It speaks to the reality of who Jesus is in our life. And I've asked him to play this song because I just want to give you a moment to really ask yourself this question. Who is Jesus in my life? It's your turn. The slate is empty. It's there. It's asking you, who is Jesus in your life? What is the focus? What is the attention of your life? And as he sings this song, the lyrics will be on the screen. And I just want you to read them and I want them to soak in. And I want you to really get honest with yourself and ask yourself, who is Jesus? And when that song is over, we're going to come back in and we're going to unpack some situations of who Jesus is and what happens when we make Jesus the focus of our life. Listen to this song.
exist Life and death deserving Grace when all is ruined He is truth Upon which we stand Jesus is Redemption beyond reason
He is everything we need, every moment of every day. And when my focus and my when my focus is on Jesus, my circumstances just become an opportunity to experience who he is. But see, the reality is this morning, you and I have a choice. When we're hit with things in our life, we have a choice. We either can leave this morning being focused on ourselves. We can leave with a me-focused, a me-focused mentality which says my problem or my fear or my pains or my worries or the situations in my life, I'm going to control those. And those are going to be what I focus on. Or this morning we can leave with a Jesus-focused mentality that says, you know what, no matter what comes my way, Jesus will be what I fix my eyes on, believing and knowing that he will make all things new. And my question this morning is, as you leave these doors, who will your focus be on? As you entered them, who was your focus on? And my prayer is that we can come to a place in our life where we can sit down and say to ourselves, no matter what comes my way, no matter what trial I'm under, no matter what fear I'm presented with, I will withstand it because Jesus is bigger and he is more capable than anything in the whole world. I will focus on him, the creator of the world, Jesus. Jesus is. I want to present this morning just a few different scenarios and I want to talk about each type of focus. And as we leave this morning, again, my prayer is that we would grab hold of these situations. And I, I think the ones that I chose, one of, one of them, each of us has gone through. And I hope as we begin to see this and we begin to hear it, we can leave saying to ourselves, Jesus is. Number one, in times of pain and sadness, he is. In times of pain and sadness, he is. When I cling to myself in the midst of pain and sadness, I'm robbed of all joy and all hope. Think about that for a minute. When you and I go through hard times, when we're in a moment of sadness or pain and we're dealing with maybe death in the family, maybe we're dealing with a broken relationship and we begin to cling to who we are, we just find ourselves desperate and in need, amen? We just find ourselves lonely and more frustrated and more desperate. You know why that is? Jesus tells us in the scriptures in John 10, 10, he says, the thief came to kill, steal, and destroy but I came to give you life and life to the fullest. The reality is this, there is a real being called Satan, amen? And he has one goal this morning. He has one agenda, and that agenda is to make sure you, those of you that have given your life to Jesus, his goal is to make sure that he puts you through as much pain and pushes you as far away as he can from remembering and realizing that Jesus is. And so he's going to constantly put us in a position, and no matter how much we try, he's going to keep saying, you don't need Jesus, you can do it yourself. You can get through this on your own. You don't need him to help you through the finances. You don't need him to help you through your marriage. You just worry about you. You take care of those things. You can do it. Because the more he has you believing you are capable, the more sad you become. And the more desperate you become. And the more unaware of God's provisions and God's faithfulness and God's ability you become. When our focus is on ourselves, we find ourselves desperate and all of our joy and all of our hope is lost. But see, the second part of that verse is said, God desires to give you life and life to the fullest. You see, the reality is, is the me-centered life, the world says, I want to hurt you. I want to harm you. I want to destroy you. But when we fix our eyes on him, I guarantee you, when we cling to the feet of Jesus and we remind ourselves that he is all we need, he will show himself faithful. 
I can guarantee that if we go around this room and I just took requests and said, if Jesus has done something for you, raise your hand. And I began to say, you, go ahead. You would say, man, my relationships were a mess, but Jesus is, and I made it through. Man, I, I, I can remember when we had no money and we could barely afford to live, but we trusted in Jesus, and Jesus is, and we prevailed. Man, we could go through story after story after story because the reality is this. When Jesus is in it, all things are possible. Listen to Psalms 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Man, just let that verse penetrate. If you have your Bibles, just read it. or It's on the screens behind me. Just read that verse. And just let it soak in. If you're sitting here this morning and you're dealing with just a moment of sadness... Maybe your life is a little bit swayed. Maybe things are going on in your world. Just let Jesus' word speak to you. He says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He reminds us this in Hebrews 13. He says, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. So with confidence we say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Listen to that. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So with confidence we say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. This morning in your moment of sadness, in your moment of pain, did you rest your feet on the floor this morning and say, you know what? The Lord is my confidence. Man, the Lord is my, my, my person, the, the Lord is my king that will get me through. Man, the Lord is the one that, that I know will be with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I know that he's gonna be there. And with confidence, I say, I will not fear. This morning when you woke up, who is Jesus in your life? Romans 8 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. I love to repeat scripture because I think it's just more valuable than anything I possibly have to say. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. You see, folks, Jesus has a plan. And he tells us in his word that his plan is to give us hope in a future. Not to leave us wondering, not to leave us thinking that life is at ruin and we're desperate and longing and we're hopeless and forgotten. No, his plan is to give us life and life to the fullest. And he's reminding us that no matter what pain or sadness we're going through, he knows it. And he has a plan for it. And his plan is to make it good. Folks, who has your focus this morning? Who is Jesus in your life? When you rose, who was Jesus And let me remind you, no matter how dark or how sad life becomes, when we choose him, he provides life and life to the fullest. Number two, in times of success and happiness, he is. In times of success and happiness, he is. When you and I believe we're the source of our happiness and success is when things get ugly, amen? When you and I begin to think we're the reason we've arrived or we're the reason we've achieved, that's when things begin to get ugly. In fact, the scriptures warn us over and over, and I'm just gonna give you two. In Proverbs chapter 11, he says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs chapter 16 says, pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit 
before fall. You see, when we become the reason for our achievement, we begin to hurt others and become more concerned about getting rather than loving. And can I remind you, those of us that call Christ our savior, he created you to love. He created you to make one thing known and that was him. And the minute you and I begin to get too big and we begin to think that we're the reason for our success, we begin to worry more about what we receive rather than what we can deliver, amen? Man, I know that's true in my life. When I begin to think um, that my youth group is a big size because of what I'm doing, all of a sudden the truth of what I speak goes right out from underneath me. And I begin to be more concerned about how cool we are or how relevant we are. Or maybe even in my own personal life, when I begin to think my family is successful because of what I'm doing, is the second I begin to fall and I begin to realize it's not because of me, it's because of who he is this morning. In your success and in your happiness, who's your focus? Man, I want to ask you, those of us that are at the mountaintop, and when I say mountaintop, I mean you're standing at the top of the mountain and you are gazing over the beauty and you are saying to yourself, man, life is sweet. Finances are good. The family's doing okay. Everybody seems to be healthy. Things are going really well. I've got my job under control. Everything is good. And in the midst of all of those happinesses, and I think a lot of times we don't ask ourselves this question, in the midst of success, who has your focus? In the midst of happiness, who has your focus? In James chapter one, it says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Listen to that in the beginning. It says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Man, James is telling us, hey, listen, don't be deceived. Anything that good that's going on in your life and anything that's already, that's positive, don't you think for a minute it's because of you? Because anything that's good, Jesus already set in motion because Jesus is. In Deuteronomy, we're reminded again, God's reminding Moses and the people, says, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied and when you build fine houses and settle down and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, you may say to yourself, my power and strength of my hands have provided this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Can we read that again? Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. And I'm reading this for me because this is something I need to be reminded of. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied and when you build fine houses and settle down and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, you may just think to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. And he says, oh, but make sure you remember but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. You see, folks, when you and I wake up in the morning, even when we're at the mountaintop, and our focus is Jesus, is when we include people, is when we stay humble and we remember it is not because of what I do. It's because of what he's already done for me. He has put my wealth into motion. He has put my success into motion. He has made my family healthy. He has made my family successful. He has given me happiness. Praise be to God because my focus is on him, the king of kings. And I challenge you this morning, remember that he is your success and happiness. Remember that no matter what, stay humble, love others, and always, always, always remember and do not forget, it is he that has put you at the top of that mountain. 
Because in our success and in our happiness, he is, amen? Amen. Number three, and finally, when problems arise, he is. When problems arise, he is. You see, when problems arise and we set our attention on ourselves, our problems become larger than life, don't they? I don't know about for you, but for me, when, when I have a problem and I try to take over and, and I, won't be lie, I won't lie here, I'll be honest, I tend to be a little bit of a control freak. And so when problems start to kick in, I tend to think I can solve them. And what happens is I begin to say to myself, you know what, John, you can do this. And I step right in the middle of the problem. And my focus begins to change. And maybe you've seen this illustration before and I just think it's appropriate. A lot of times, those of us that are Christ followers, we have God in our life, amen? Jesus is in our life. He's there with us all the time and our focus should be on him. But all of a sudden, this problem slips in and we start to focus in on this problem. And the harder that problem gets, the further away we start to see God. And the bigger and badder that problem becomes. And the bigger and badder that problem becomes, the more desperate and lonely and defeated we become. And we start to live our life out of the reality that our problem is the only thing that exists. And we can't move beyond that. Even though God's there and we know he's there, we can't get beyond that because we've somehow put our control and we start seeing our problem as way bigger than it is. And please hear me. I'm not saying this morning your problems are not real. I'm not undermining how much pain you're in. I'm not undermining your relational stress. I'm not undermining anything. I don't know the pain you're in, and I cannot imagine the pain you're feeling. I'm saying what I'm saying this morning to help you remember how big your God is, to help you remember how large and grand your God is, because a lot of times we somehow think our problems are so big and so desperate that God is nowhere to be found, and God is saying, I'm still the same God that conquered the grave. I'm still the same God that knows you by name. I'm still the same God that's been here through the ages. I'm the same God that every knee will bow and every tongue will proclaim. I'm that God. I'm the one that rose from the dead. I'm Jesus, King of Kings. And he's looking at us going, listen, when you get your focus back in line, when you start to remember that I'm capable of all things, is when all of a sudden our problem begins to get further away and our God gets bigger and bigger and bigger. In Matthew chapter 19, he says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. In this specific text, Jesus is talking to disciples about salvation, and, and he, they're asking him questions back and forth, and, and he's answering them. And finally, one of the disciples says, how does anybody get saved? And Jesus looks at him, and he goes, listen, honestly, with man, it's impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And I think this morning, if we were to pose the question to Jesus, and say, Jesus, how does this marriage, how is it ever going to work? I think his answer to be this, if you're trying to do it, it's never going to work. But with God, all things are possible. Jesus, how in the world am I going to get through this addiction? I've done everything I can do. I've talked to people and I've gotten accountability and I've tried all these different things, but somehow it just creeps its way back into my life. How am I going to get through it? I think he'd look at you and say, with you, it's never going to happen. With me, all things are possible. Well, Jesus, I've been raising this kid by myself and I'm a single mom and I'm doing everything I can do and I'm trying to provide the best I can and and it just seems like every time I get ahead of the game, I get back under the game and it doesn't matter what I do, how am I gonna make it? With you, you're never gonna make it. With Jesus, all things are possible. 
Folks, you see, no matter what you put into that, no matter what your heart is crying out this morning, no matter what you're dealing with, Jesus, I'm losing a loved one and it's somebody that I care about and I love and I cannot imagine life without them. I don't know how I'm going to get through. With you, you can't. With Jesus, all things are possible. Folks, this morning, who has your focus? Is your needs and your problems and your fears and your pains the thing that you wake up and is that haunting you? Because I want to encourage you this morning, if it is, shift your focus and remember that your God is huge and he is capable of all things and he is mindful of you. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. My God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. You see, regardless of what kind of troubles you're in, he's aware. And he is there to meet each one of your needs. And I wonder this morning, how many of you have really given Jesus the chance to be the thing that drives you? Or did we pull up premature and say, you know what, I've had to go through this too long. Our faith got weak. I want to encourage you this morning, whatever it is, remember that he is capable of all things. And his goal is to provide for you, is to meet your needs according to his plan and his purpose. Who has your focus? Job 12.10 says, in, the hands is this, in his hands is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. In his hands is the life of every creature in the breath of all mankind. In Jesus' hands is every one of us. He is mindful of you. The psalmist says it so beautifully. I might repeat this one a hundred times. When I consider the heavens and the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. In fact, you made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. And in your hearts, just read that. The psalmist is asking, when I consider the heavens and the works of your fingers and the moons of your stars, when I consider how beautiful and how great everything is and I look at how, how huge it is and how much work and how much things you did, what in the world is it that you are mindful of me? And he says, not only are you mindful of me and you care for me, you have set me to be glorious. Man, you have created me with glory and honor. Folks, Jesus is mindful of you. He's not some distant God who spoke the world into existence and said, good luck. No, he's mindful of you. Scripture tells us he knows the amount of hairs on our head. He knows what we need. Scriptures tell us, listen, if he's gonna take care of the birds in the air and the flowers of the field, what makes you think he can't take care of you? Folks, if Jesus is for us, and I wanna make sure we say this as often as we can, if Jesus is for us, nothing can be against us. Not your marriage, not death, not defeat, not business, not relationships, not anything. Because if God, the King of Kings, said it to be, it will be. And it's going to make its way through. And you and I are not called to question that. And we're not called to debate that. We're not called to ask Jesus when it's going to happen. No, we are called to fix our eyes on a risen Savior who promises us life and life to the fullest this morning. One more verse, and I hope it comforts you, especially if you're here and problems have arised. And I don't know, but I can speak for myself. I feel like problems arise just about every day. And may you hold true to this truth when your next problem arises. It says he is our refuge and our strength. 
an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. May that be what drives you today. May that be the Jesus you focus on. The reality of this, he is our refuge. He is our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, we will not fear. Why? Because it's not our problem living our life. It's Jesus living our life. You see, Jesus is more than a good teacher. He's more than a miracle maker, and he's so much more than a good man. Jesus is everything you are not. You see, folks, whatever you are lacking, Jesus is. And the coolest thing about the Christian life is Jesus is the entire Christian life, amen? And the entire Christian life, if the entire Christian life is Jesus and Jesus lives in you, then you and I have the entire Christian life living inside of us tonight. We lack nothing. There is not one thing you and I need. There's not one thing we can get better at. Why? Because Jesus lives in us, the perfect risen Savior. The entire Christian life lives within you. And all he's asking you to do is submit control to him and keep your eyes fixed on him. Not the one who desires to harm you or destroy you, but the one who desires to give you life and life to the fullest this morning. Folks, who is Jesus in your life? He is the sinless savior of the world and he offered his perfect life on the cross and rose again so that you and I could have eternal life and a relationship with him. And he desires nothing more than that. Colossians 3, love this verse. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. He's talking to those of us that believe in Jesus. He's going, listen, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Christians, listen to that. It says, man, the second you and I received him, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ. When I said he is my savior and accepted him into my life, my salvation became secure and my life is now his. And the only desire he has for my life is to live Jesus. And when you and I choose to live Jesus is when we come into contact with people and they see the living Jesus living in us. And they begin to know that we love him because of our love for them. Amen? Amen. And I wonder today, who has your focus? Who are you living for? Because the reality is you are going to leave today either living for you and your problem. Or you will leave today living for Jesus and understanding that if he is in it, nothing can be against it. In understanding that God is capable of all things, no matter how dark or desperate life is for you, or how successful or how happy life is for you, God has one agenda, and that's to give you life and life to the fullest. And my prayer this morning for myself and for you is that our life would be hidden in him, and we would live out the life of Jesus. That's it. Not that we'd be great teachers, not that we'd be super successful, no, 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 no that our life would be hidden in him, secure in him, and that we would live out the life of Jesus. Jesus is, he is my focus, he is my everything, moment by moment, day by day. Folks, I wanna ask you just one more time, 
Who is Jesus to you? As you leave today, who is Jesus gonna be in your life? The choice is yours. You can leave continuing to solve your problems and we'll see you here next week just as desperate as you are this week. And I say that with the utmost respect. But I truly believe that without him, nothing is possible. But with him, all things are possible. God, we love you so much. God, I thank you for allowing us to be here and just hearing your truth. And God, I pray this, mo- this morning that our focus would be moment by moment living life for you. It wouldn't be about what we have or what we don't have. It wouldn't be about what someone said or didn't say. It wouldn't be about how much success we have. It wouldn't be about our business. No, simply our life would be about living moment by moment with you. Our focus being you and only you. And God, this morning I realized that for some of us, in order for that to be the case, we're gonna have to receive you personally. And my prayer this morning is for that person who came in and maybe they've never ha- they don't have a relationship with you. They've never met you personally, that this morning would be their time, that they'd seek out me or they'd see Pastor Bob or Rusty in the back and they'd see a friend that brought them here that they'd ask the question because here's what I know. You're not asking us to leave this auditorium and go figure life out and then come back and receive you. No, you want us just as we are. You want us just as dirty and broken as we came in this morning. It doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter what we've been through. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter what we were planning on doing. You want us right where we are. God, you tell us in the scriptures that you died for the whole world. And last time I checked, that was us. And God, my prayer this morning is that we would not leave here saying, well, maybe next time. There's no way Jesus could love me. God, that we would just get rid of any excuse and that you would speak right to our hearts and help us realize that when you are with us, when you claim us, we can live in security in knowing that you will make all things new, regardless of our pain, regardless of our addictions, regardless of our fears, regardless of whatever it is this morning that's haunting us at life, that when we surrender to you, you make all things new. God, my prayer also goes out to the person here who maybe does have a relationship with you. And we firmly believe that a relationship with you can never be taken away from us. Once saved, always saved. But somewhere, maybe our fellowship has been lost with you. Somewhere along the line, we've made our problems or ourselves the focus and we've lost sight of your bigness. God, may we be reminded that you are capable this morning. And may we be reminded that you are a God who forgives, one full of grace and full of mercy. And all you're asking of us this morning, those of us that have kind of just cleared away from him, all you're asking us is to come to him, to come to you and seek forgiveness. And you tell us in the scriptures, when we ask for forgiveness, you'll throw it as far as the east is to the west. And God, my prayer this morning is that whatever it takes, whether it's a relationship with you or whether it's seeking forgiveness or whether it's recommitting our life to you, whether it's starting over, whatever it is, that we would leave these doors different than we came in, that we would leave with the truth and understanding that Jesus is. He is my rock. He is my refuge. He is my strength. He will be my focus moment by moment, day by day. Jesus is.